0: Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. Well, welcome everyone to this episode. Uh, Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Dean Sweetman uh, from, uh, well, both LA and Utah these days. I think you kind of uh, keep yourself between two different states yep. and uh, Dean is the CEO of uh, Tively. Now, Tively is a, an amazing uh, technology app that uh, he introduced a number of years ago now that has been embraced by churches around the world. Um, and so Dean will tell us a bit about that in just a moment. But look, Dean, welcome to the show
1: and thank you for uh, for being with us. Thanks for having me, Alice. Good to be here. We're uh we've been mates for a while online um, yeah so yeah love what you do
0: thank you and so look tell us a bit about the Tile. Well, a bit about yourself but also mm-hmm. tyler i mean i think you started out in the pastoring world when i first met you quite a long yep. time ago yep. now uh but then obviously you've uh, you transitioned to an amazing technology business which has been a huge success so tell us give us that sort of quick background to you yeah
1: who is so dean I, sweetman yeah i came to christ kind of um in my late teens and, um, you know, kind of quickly found my purpose in life and found out I was got to give me a couple of gifts that I should probably work on and use. And, um, essentially the first 10 years I traveled as an evangelist through Asia and Africa, you know, just doing, uh, trying to do good, um, preach the gospel, um, help people. And then I always thought I'd end up in the U S, um, some way or another, And I ended up planting a church, moved the family over in 1996 to Atlanta, and then spent 20 years, you know, building that church, helping plant and oversee about 50 churches in the US. Wow. And then um, in 2012, I had a, the iPhone had come out and the app store had just come out and the early apps were just Apple apps, right? There was Mm. no one else on the app store in the early days. Then I kind of opened the app store up. And I remember putting my debit card inside of the Starbucks app, and I went to Starbucks. At that time, I used to go every morning and get a vanilla ice latte or something, (laughs) (laughs) Um, some like 1,300 calorie drink that I didn't know (laughs) we could do. (laughs) Um, And and I paid, and I said to the girl, "I want to pay with the app," and she didn't know what I was talking about. So I opened the app. I had my drink in there. I turned the scanner around, scanned it, and the ticket popped out. And we were both amazed. And, and I thought, man, giving to a church should be that easy. Easy. Yeah. And so my oldest son, who was the video game playing technical son, I said, man, go and figure out a way for, for, for us to give through the phone to church. And he comes back a year later and says, dad, I got this app in the app store and, um, I stood up in front of my own church at the time and said, hey, you can download the app and give. And, you know, tens of thousands of dollars started coming in that way. Told a few friends about it. And really, it was kind of just a little hobby in the background. Uh, And then in 2015, some investors approached me and said, look, we think this is a thing. 130 billion a year in the US is given to faith-based charities, churches, ministries, et cetera. We think this is a thing. They were payments guys. Yeah, and and so that was the the beginning of Tidely. So seven years later, about thirty six thousand, you know, churches uh, on the wow. platform. We do more than just giving now, um, and we'll process. You know, coming up to two billion dollars just this year. So I think we are overall we've made like $6 dollars now. It's gone through the platform. So it's it's, it's been an, an epic seven years. Wow, that's amazing. That's two billion for the for the kingdom. How good is that? Exactly. That's yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: That's phenomenal. Well, look, I love uh, technology, even though I'm uh, not that great at using it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but, but I love it, what it can do. And I love, uh, you know, trying new things. So it's, it's really cool. But um, obviously, over the last, you know, two to three years, the world's gone gone mad. Yep. And, um, you know, many churches were forced online. They were. And, uh, you know, basically things changed overnight for, for people and for particularly for pastors. Um so I guess thinking technology I guess in a more broad sense, how can technology help churches with the great Commission itself? Yep. I mean obviously giving is your expertise, but I don't know, I know your app goes far further than that anyway so how can it how can technology help churches and pastors with our with what Jesus has asked us to do
1: you know'll I'll, I'll give you the end kind of comment and then I'll go back a little bit in the beginning and fill in but the future is hybrid church, right so mm. just think you know we're going to have this mix of in person and online digital going forward yeah um, at the start of the pandemic i don't know if you remember it was we're in Mar- march of 2020 and we can see like our sign ups every day right we usually get 20 churches a day signing up and we started to see like as the news of this this you know covid virus and no one really knew what it was and yep. then they they shut down an nba game here um and like everybody panicked and so we started to see signups go up and until that time you know online giving was a thing giving buttons on your website you know what kind of a thing a lot of churches resisted it Mm. um but when the the lockdown came like if you didn't have giving on your website or you know inside of an app on your phone you're really like stuck so all that to say, we saw signups peaked at 980 in one day. In six weeks, we onboarded 12,000 churches, which wow. was rather hectic. Um, and and so, what it did, what the pandemic did, is brought forward technology for the for the church that really is is already in the rest of the culture, right? So, hmm. you know, you go to a petrol station here. You just put the card in right at the pump. You go to the dry cleaner, you go to the supermarket. Like, you know, everything's plastic. Um, mm. Cash is, you know, Delta Airlines here now don't even take cash if you're on the plane and want to, you know, buy a Coke. Like, it's, it's plastic only. So the whole yeah. world was moving away from don't cash. cash. Yeah. Um, Australians won't really get this, uh, well, most of the world, but America still has this massive check writing of checks culture.
0: Oh yeah, um, Aussies right. don't know what a check is. I don't think most
1: banks give you checkbooks these days. Exactly. My kids don't know what a routing number is, Um, but us boomers, like, that, you know, that age and up still write a lot of checks. And so, but that's obviously going to shift. So mm. there's this massive, you know, transformation over the last 30 years to payments mm. going away from something that's physical. um, And then I think, what the church was forced into on, on some fronts was, you know, how do I not just get, keep my revenue coming in through the giving button and the giving solution, but how do I communicate? Um, and so we, we have website solutions. We have mobile app solutions. We have two big, you know, church database management systems for depending on what size church you are. So we touch a lot of the technology that churches need, And what we found was, is there was this massive fast forward into, you know, how do I I communicate with my church when I can't have them in person? Mm. You know, as as a pastor, everybody wants the seats full. It's like, it's like you just live for Easter and Christmas and, um, and, but the rest of the year, right. And especially summer, right. People are traveling and, you know, it's just, uh, it's tough. So how do I meet people where they're at? Um, how do I minister and grow people? And kind of the big buzzword at the moment for, for church leaders is they're grappling with engagement. How do I keep engaged? With, yeah. my congregation. And so look, digital tools are the answer, right? So you'll either embrace them early and a lot of big churches and ministries were online, right? They had budgets, yeah. had cameras they had like networking switches and three camera angles. And they, they did all that. But for smaller churches, which is, you know, we serve a lot of big churches, but we love serving the smaller congregations because they need mm. technology that kind of works out of the box and yeah. um, and is, is not overly technical and they just need it to work. So, you know, early in the pandemic, we were running webinars on how you could put an iPhone on a tripod, link to a live YouTube feed, take that link, put it on your website, and yeah. keep communicating, right? And we. We saw thousands of our customers spin that up just with an iPhone, and then you know, kind of as the pandemic went on, we're all locked down for months and, and years—maybe um, <laughs> a bit too long, I think. Um, <laughs> you know, the the idea of being online and engaging with my congregation is is now the the new reality. It's not going to replace in-person church, nor should it. Um, you know, I I, I remember. Over 30 years of of ministry, but I also remember 30 years of being ministered to mm. in the local church, having people pray for me, um, being developed as a leader. You know, face to face. I think Paul wrote, wrote to wrote to Timothy, and he said, "Oh, it's just long to see you face to face." You know, there's just uh, no substitute for there's no substitute absolutely gathering, right? Like corporate worship. You think about oh, the thousands of meetings, you know, that you've been in where you're engaging, the Holy Spirit's moving, people's lives Mm. are being transformed, right? So we can't ever see that replaced. I just don't think it, it, nor should it. But in today's day and age where people are moving more, traveling more, have more options than ever, you know, the church just has to embrace the technology that allows... um, 100% them to meet where they are and and where they are is where their phone is (laughs) yeah that's and
0: it opens doors thing you you look for and i would say it just opens doors you know it's also particularly i think one of the things is if you're thinking about going to a church the first thing you do is jump online so you're already engaging with technology immediately And then you're going to look at the church, maybe look at some of the things they've done digitally and see if you want to go, or you may watch a service online before you physically turn up.
1: That's happening like 60, 70% of the time. Um, People are going to engage. We see it like this websites are for um, our church, church growth, church introduction engine. mm. Uh, It's an evangelism engine. mm. Everyone's, you know, most kind of 35 and unders are going to go to the website first before they visit. And, and then we see church apps as the engagement tool, right? So websites are external. They're like a window in, and then the church apps are the communication device that you use to engage with, you know, once someone becomes a member and joins the church. So that's, that's how, and we just, the trends are clear, the data's in. (laughs) It's, 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 it's just plain as day now that, that you have to have a functioning up-to-date website that reflects your values, who you are, your ministries, what you're focused on, your passion. And then you have to have ways to communicate to your membership outside of, you know, just email. You need kind of email is a good thing, but there's lots of other tools now that you can use to keep that person during the week, you know. And more personalised. they're more personalised.
0: You know, you can have the pastor's face talking to them rather than just an right. email. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%, all of that. So, you know, everything that the world is doing to engage, you know, think about how, you know, Apple engages its its customers. Think about how Amazon makes it easy to buy things with one click. Um, think about how, you know, I use probably, when I go backwards and forwards from, from LA to Park City, I probably use 10 apps before I've, like even landed, you know. I checked in, right to to Delta. I yeah. ordered Instacart groceries to arrive about an hour after I get home. Yeah. I also order like a burrito or something to arrive when I get home because I'm yeah. hungry. Like, yeah. I've ordered my Uber. Like I'm just doing yeah. all this stuff in my phone before I even. All on technology, home. yeah. And it's that's the way we uh, have to think now. It is, yeah. No, I'm, I'm the
0: same. It's that's life, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Look, that's awesome. So. You, I mean, obviously, you've helped a lot of pastors, and you've been a pastor yourself, and as you said, you traveled around the world, you know, teaching the gospel, um, and, and obviously, when you started Tithely, it came from the point of view of as the giving technology, and it's, of course, morphed into much more but what do you think some of the best ways pastors can increase giving itself? So obviously there's technology, but just, just in general too. So technology plus other things, what can pastors right. do to increase giving? Cause obviously COVID's come, some churches yep. have seen a decline in attendance yep. um, and obviously that usually leads to a decline in giving as well, but others have, you know, kept their course. So the giving's actually not too bad, right. but what can the pastors do to sort of, you know, increase, Giving in general,
1: yeah. So even like before technology, I had many theories around why some churches were able to increase giving and raise money, and why some churches couldn't. The technology is just the final bit at the end that makes it simpler, but it it doesn't change the 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 facts, you know, prior to the giving moment. So the the number one reason, and and you you mentioned something there, like during the pandemic, a lot of churches giving stayed the same because mm. the truth is it's the core member that is committed to the local church that gives beyond you know ten dollars or something like it is literally they might not be tithing ten percent but they're putting a hundred two hundred bucks in you know
0: yeah
1: um, th- th- those people kept giving and the common denominator it, there's a couple one is usually the leadership is not afraid to talk about it and teach biblically about finance. That's probably the number one thing, right? So we mm. we have scripture that is very clear and mandates um, and has a lot to say about our money. And 100%. however you interpret the New Testament, whether you think tithing is an Old Testament thing and it's not something in the New, New Testament, beyond that, I, I happen to think it is, but beyond that, the New Testament is very clear about generosity, helping the poor, 100%. supporting ministry, supporting the church. Like it's very clear, right? So G- Jesus raises the bar is what I always say. He never loves it. Absolutely. Exactly. So the, the common denominator is one, teach what the Bible says about money on a regular basis. And, you know, people have classes, people teach, you know, on giving twice a year, like there's all different ways to do it, depending on your style. But the, the key thing is you got to teach it. And because giving is an unnatural act to mm. a human, a selfish human. So, so and, true. Uh, Our human nature gets in the way. <laughs> big <right>. time, <laughs> Like most things, right? Um, yeah. But it's, it's a revelation that, that unlocks generosity. And it's a revelation of, of trusting God with your finance, of understanding how God wants to prosper you, mm. you know, by get, getting things through you. And so once you get that revelation, you know, you're sitting in church, you know, or watching online and and the pastor goes, hey, we're getting ready to give, you know, like take out your phone, here's the app or here's the text message, you know, text give. And it's like that it's going to be from a well of revelation of what the Bible says that is going to get you to do that unnatural act of giving money away. and so that's always the starting point and then mm. the tech just you just have to make it easy and and on the phone because the, the you know the phone is the thing where everyone's doing transactions through and once you do that then what you see is and we built recurring giving in you know it was kind of the the first two things I wanted to solve uh was giving anywhere anytime with a phone so I didn't have to be you know churches are a 90 minute a week business mm on a sunday morning and that's your only revenue opportunity um Mm. for a lot of lot of churches and so how could i get giving in the phone and then how can i get recurring giving set up really easy couple clicks and so once we solve that you 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 just kind of set people free to to and so you preach and and pray that people get the revelation of generosity then you provide them the tools to make it easy and all of a sudden the floodgates open yeah
0: uh, it's it's fantastic. Well, some, I think, people listening to this, you know, most churches are globally are fairly small. Obviously, we've got mega churches these days, but um, most churches are pretty small. Hey there, just a quick intermission during this episode. Just want to say, hey, please subscribe to this channel. We're trying to reach as many people across the globe with the biblical financial wisdom is there any barriers to small churches or can they really benefit from all these different technologies just as, just as much as a big church? They just got to think it through a bit differently.
1: Yeah. So we built everything. We have this fictitious um, person called Betty, the bookkeeper, you know, she's a volunteer, you know, she's kind of doing the books or, or trying to manage the church database and remember the birthdays and maybe reconcile the giving accounts and all that. And so we had everything we build is, is gotta be Betty proof. And of our 36,000 churches, like the vast majority are under 250, right? Like like literally 35,000 of them are under 250. So we build everything for the smaller church. And I think, um, you know, if you can make uh, technology easy to use so people are not afraid of it and they actually go in and start embracing the tools, you'll start to see productivity gains that the big churches have known about for years, right? Big churches are usually a little more tech forward. They're not afraid of technology. They're experimenting with different things. Uh, But the smaller churches, usually because of lack of resources, right? You've got this pastor who maybe has a volunteer or two helping him. You know, he's the only staff member. Maybe he's even bivocational. And there's Mm. just, you're you're juggling every plate, right? You're preparing sermons, you're visiting people, you're everything. And so- we just had to make the technology um, productivity enhancing. So once you got in it and you saw that, hey, I could automate an email newsletter and I could literally set it up and and it would automatically go out. You know, I just have to kind of cut and paste some some stuff into this newsletter template or I could set up a text message drip. You know, we call it in the market, digital marketing world's got a drip campaign, right? You're just... You're just dripping communications, you know, every mm-hmm. week. So, you know, we have things like if you if you text the word new to the text number that we give you, you literally it triggers a drip campaign because that new person is going to get a welcome email. Uh, gonna, you've already pre templated everything, and then now, like instead of old days, hey, fill out a card if you're new, it's just text the word new to this you know 800 number, and there's a five email drip campaign that's welcoming you and nurturing you into coming mm. back and getting to know the pastor, right? We, we have things like when someone gives for the first time, like mm. first time givers, some pastors don't want to know amounts and things, um, which I don't think is correct. You should know who's giving what, but that's a story for another that's day. A, but that's,
0: a, that's, a, that's a topic in itself. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. So, but you should know the, f- the first time someone gives. Because that has just told you, and especially if they live in your zip code, right? If, if if they're in your postcode and they've just given for the first time, that's someone you probably just don't want to send an email thank you to, which you should. If you should actually pick up the phone, you know, on Monday morning, call them and thank them for coming, right? And introduce yourself or leave a voicemail or whatever. So, yeah. you know, we, we surface all this data now that just makes it easier for church leaders to be able to engage you know on so many different levels if if someone checks their child in to the sunday school mm-hmm. for the first time right these are all indicators of of people looking yeah interest yeah right? exactly yeah, yeah. So they're, they're trusting you with their children or they're trusting you with the their money um you know then and then like because of all this data right and like most churches have a growth track now right they're trying to get people through some kind of discipleship track mm-hmm. um you know wouldn't be good if you knew that someone you know had not been water baptized yet because the database told you they weren't and you could start surfacing you know kind of material around water baptism and verses to read and then you know have a baptismal service and you know all the ones to contact because you've got the data around it right it's, it's just all t- the world that has been doing for years like our insurance agents have been my insurance guys been sending me a happy birthday you know for like 10 years because i'm in his database and he knows my birthday yeah. Yeah. right and it's just stuff like that now that if you use the tech wisely it can actually be make you much more productive
0: oh 100 percent. and i think it's just once you get through that initial learning curve of just yeah. how it works and how you can benefit from once you've crossed that sort of rubicon then you, you set up and, and away you go and you'll be more effective by the, what I'm hearing is you're actually going to be more effective as a pastor
1: yep.
0: because you had okay. a, you know, target the, the, the right people targets, you know, not necessarily the right word for it. You'll be able to help baby. them or directly those that need it, right. you know, based on where they're at and
1: Absolutely. the journey. Like, you know, I don't mind Amazon surfacing things that I think I might want. Right? Yeah. I don't have to buy them. But they know my buying patterns enough to know that, you know, I, just, I buy golf balls like, like online and, and you know, put my logo on them and I just got a note, right? Like, it's like, hey, is it time to buy more golf balls? And it wasn't because it's, it's winter yeah. here, and you know, I'm not playing much, but um, it's just cool, right? So to have that and so church leaders cannot be afraid of this stuff. And to your point, ah. it's, it's an initial hump to embrace it, accept it, set it up and just let it rip. And it, yeah. it does make your job easier.
0: Yeah. And what would you say some of the, I guess, the common mistakes are with some of mm-hmm. these churches that you've seen? I'm sure you've seen, you know, most yeah. a mixture of success and failure.
1: What, what are some of the sort of the mistakes with embracing technology? It's, it's the, um, you buy it and then you leave it on the shelf and you don't use it, mm. right? So it's fa- failure to launch and really yeah. put your foot forward if you're buying a church database. Database management software and like getting all the names in, and we help churches do that. They're usually on Excel spreadsheets or something, we can push all the data in. But you got yeah. to let it work. It's like a once you put the the gas and the oil in the car, you got to go drive it, and you got mm-hmm. to let it do its thing to take you to, to places, right? And and the church technology same. You got to get it set up, and then you yeah. got to work and let it take you to places. And so yeah. failure to launch is one. Um, and then like common common kind of i think misconceptions around technology um is that it's you know it it's it's not we shouldn't be using it in ministry because it's it's not tactile it, it it's you know it's like or or it's somehow not spiritual or it's it's you know spooky or, or any of this um i remember a guy telling me in the mid nineties that he was never going to use email. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. And email was just a thing, right? We all got, our- uh, okay, it, was it was a up, new you know? thing. Yeah. Wow. It was a new thing. And I'm, and I'm, and I was all about it, man. I couldn't wait to, you know, I'm, I'm sending emails all over the place back in the mid nineties. Um, and I just, I've never forgotten that. It's, it's okay. like, you know, like the, the buggy whip guys going this when the T, model T Ford came out it's like this, th- this thing's never going to go right. Yeah. This isn't going to catch on. It's like it, it, and that still is pervasive in church culture, you know, within certain pockets of denominations and you, you just have to get through that and uh, yeah. embrace
0: it. Embrace it. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um One of the things you mentioned before is um you know, pastors are often reluctant to talk about money. There's a bit of a fear around talking about it. Yep. You, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, the association with, you know, televangelists yep. or people like that. Um, yep. But what steps do you think pastors should take to break that fear and embrace the topic? I mean, yep. you know, you mentioned something earlier on, which is so true. I mean, the Bible speaks so much about it. To me, you're actually, I would argue, not doing the right thing if you don't talk about it. So I mean, then there's a, there's a, biblic- <laughs> there's a biblical, there's a biblical mandate, right? Uh, but how can they break this sort of fear? I mean,
1: yep. Yeah. That usually happens because the person talking about it doesn't have a personal revelation about it. Mm. So when, when pastors are not generous themselves, mm. like I know guys that they, they, well, I don't need to tithe because you know, I received the tithe. It's like, mm. no, you're not exempt from giving um, so personal revelation, number one, and then you, you, what you're doing and you, t- you said it, you're educating people on probably the number one thing in their life mm. that trips them up and leads them astray, mm. um, you know, spending more than you were, not living within a budget, not prioritizing your finances, you know, to function for you, not saving for retirement. Um, all these things can be taught from scripture. Yeah. and the message of generosity is woven into parable after parable you know story after story and you you just have to use the bible as your bottom line have a personal revelation about it be generous to yourself and you'll 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 be set free to start talking about it mm. and uh, there's so many different ways you can like introduce you know, talking about money in in either a church setting or a finance class that, you know, they might do for six weeks. We're good friends with the uh, Ramsey Solution guys, you know, we're Mm. big believers in their financial peace university. Like churches, we ran, we did some data kind of, it was anonymized shared customer data that we had with um, Ramsey. And if you taught financial peace university a couple of times a year in your church, giving was up like 15, Mm. 20%. percent the correlation between talking and teaching about money and budgeting and finance and generosity is directly connected to giving increasing.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. As you touched on though, you're helping people with the thing, you know, pastors want to help people, but you're helping them with the thing that will cause them to trip up. And what I see is it impacts their relationship with God in the sense that, you know, the Bible um, warns people about what money can do when it goes astray and when we have the the wrong heart towards it or we're dishonest with it, you know, all these sort of things that can go wrong. As as you say, it's, if you're, if you're a pastor and you want to help people, you you can't avoid it. It's, it's, uh, it's critical. So.
1: And look, if you, if you struggle with it, bring someone else in to talk about it. You know, I, I often would, you know, Guys would ask me to come and teach on money for a weekend and, and budgeting and finance and, and giving and generosity. And so if you struggle, get someone else at a minimum to come in and do it for you. Uh, but yeah. but don't, don't deprive your people of hearing the, Bibli- the biblical truth around, you know, how God views these and, you know, wants us to view and see, you know, finance and money. Yeah,
0: no, that's awesome. Well, look, this has been fantastic. Just one last one. You know, you've launched thousands of churches now into giving technology. What sort of increase do you think they can expect if they do it well and yep. like they plan it properly? So it's not just obviously, um, you know, you just buy that out of the box and that's right. it. You've actually yep. got to do something.
1: Yep.
0: If you plan it properly, do it well. What sort of um, um,
1: expectations see, should people have? Yeah, we see a, a minimum of 10% increase. Yeah. Churches that do it really well, like <clears throat> talk about recurring giving, getting all the people that, who are very committed, certainly staff and volunteers, like get them set up for recurring giving. Most people are fine to do it. It's not that they don't want to give. It's like, you know, they, they, you just got to get them consistently set up and they'll do it. And so when they go away for a two week vacation, they're still giving if they're not yeah. in the building they're not going to give if they're not set up and so all of those things you, you, we've seen churches go up 30% you know year yeah. on year after the launching yeah. the tools so it's it's it definitely you know causes giving to increase
0: yeah and of course that means more money for the for the kingdom so yeah. more money for ministry it's right
1: yeah. like that's that's the whole point you know the the system that God has set up for the new testament church is to teach and talk about generosity for people to freely give not under compulsion not out of you know legality um but to basically fund the mission of kingdom expansion and that's done by church planting you know doing good works feeding the poor doing missions all of that requires um resourcing yeah yeah
0: resourcing yeah awesome yeah now look it's been fantastic Uh, chatting today, Dean. It's been an amazing success story and I pray God's blessing over it. And um, yeah, we'd love to keep in touch and have you back sometime.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dean. Cheers.